Time keeps on leaving and we keep on moving. When do we pass on our wisdom to the youth? My veteran story lost our discussions. Fireside chats with the bourbon or two. It's time to hear the story by military veterans. Get yourself ready. It's the Lost Arts Podcast. The Lost Arts with Andrew Cox. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome back to the podcast that's giving a voice to our veterans. The Lost Art with Andrew Cox. And I am your host, Andrew Cox. We're going to continue talking about some of those lost arts. We've been talking about the last couple of episodes, talking about the lost art of leadership. And really diving into what this crusty master gunny thinks about leadership and his kind of philosophies. We're also going to talk a little bit about upcoming shows and who we have in the near future coming up for my veteran story. Um, that is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Eddie Utuck. He's an awesome individual. Got had the pleasure of serving with him when he was a captain. And he's going to have a wonderful story for us next week. Uh, that'll be January 9 and January 11 next week. That's going to be an awesome, awesome show. All right, we're going to stop right here and take a short little break and listen to an advertisement. In a world where digital technology has taken over, the art of storytelling is quickly being lost. But there is one place where the tradition of storytelling still thrives. The Lost Art of Fishing Stories is a collection of one fly fisherman's incredible tales. These stories are sure to capture the heart of readers of all ages. In a time when we are more connected than ever before, the lost art of fishing stories is a reminder of the importance of sharing stories and connecting with each other on human level. Pick up a copy wherever books are sold. The Lost Art of Fishing Stories, written by Andrew J. Cox. Illustrations by Oni Virginia Bailey. All right, welcome back. So we were discussing last time, uh, the last two fireside chats, we discussed the, the first being genuinely caring, talking about making sure that you're getting out, seeing the individuals that's under you, and making sure that you're having a good rapport with them. That way you can notice some of the trends, some of the things that are happening that they might not be saying, but they could you could visually see that something's going on. Then we talked about in the, the next podcast, we talked about friends and enemies and how you have to keep a good eye on your friends and your enemies and you have to know what they're thinking. And a, a friend and an enemy could be anybody, uh, could be your best friend, uh, but that enemy is somebody that is opposed of something that you want done. Um, then we talked about the complainer or what I considered the turd and how you can utilize that turd because that turd is literally one of the best natural born leaders that there are and uh, being able to utilize that to your advantage. And then we talked about enthusiasm and just having enthusiasm for everything that's going on, even when you don't feel like having it, but still continuing to do that because it's not necessarily for you, it's for those around you and being able to get them excited about what's going on. All right, we're gonna jump into acceptance of failure and learning from your mistakes. So I, there was a famous quote by a famous individual, uh, one of my heroes, John Wayne. He said, what's the secret to success? 
right decisions. How do you make right decisions? Experience. How do you get experience? Wrong decisions. So in a nutshell, in order for us to succeed, we have to have trials along the way. Trials where we are going to struggle or trials where we're going to completely fail at something. But we have to accept that that's going to happen. We are not perfect. There's only been one perfect person that's ever walked this earth. And uh, I know my name is not Jesus, and I'm not that individual, so I can tell you that I make mistakes left and right. And it's how I learn. Hopefully, I'm learning from those mistakes. And uh, once you realize and accept that you're going to fail, then you can get past that feeling that you get and where you don't want to be that failure and, and you start feeling like, oh, woe is me, everybody's out to get me, that type of thing. Instead of saying things like that, you can have the acceptance of it and just saying, look, I made a mistake. I And own up to that mistake and make sure that you're pushing forward. But you have to learn from that mistake. Learning from a mistake is one of the most important parts because if you don't learn from it, then you're not going to improve. You're going to continue to make the same mistake over and over and over and over. And I know we've talked about this before. Your bosses and those that are over you, they get frustrated because I know when I was over Marines and they continued to making the same mistake after same mistake after same mistake, man, it's frustrating. And it's all I can do to not lose my cool with those individuals. So you have to remember that you have to learn from any failures that you have. And trust me, everyone fails. Everyone fails at something at some point in time. There's no way around it. That's going to happen, and that's just part of life. But as long as you are constantly remembering that you have to learn from those mistakes and move on. And that's where a lot of people have a problem. They don't they don't want to move on from that mistake. But moving on from the mistake is important. You just got to accept it. Hey, I made a mistake and now I'm going to push on. And you got to act like nothing. Hey, that mistake isn't going to bother you and you just you keep on pushing. And your seniors and your bosses, they're going to appreciate that that ability to do that. The next thing is we roll forward is accountability and responsibility. So who are we accountable to? So we are accountable to those that we work with, our juniors, our peers, our seniors. We're accountable to all those individuals all the time. Um, there's always a set of rules and things that we have to abide by. And we're accountable to the organization to make sure that we're abiding by those rules and regulations. But we're accountable to those around us. And those around us need to hold us accountable, just like you should hold everyone else accountable. Remember, when you're holding somebody accountable to something, it's not personal. There's a reason for it. And the, the reason is that there's a rule and a regulation that has been put forth because somebody has done that. And we don't want to continue to make those same mistakes, just like we were just talking about. But you have to hold everyone accountable. It doesn't matter if it's your junior, your peers, your senior. It does not matter. You hold people accountable. Or hold them accountable to the standards. You don't have to be a complete and total butthole to somebody to do it. But you do have to make the correction. And making the correction is the most important part. 
That way, the person can learn that what they're doing is wrong and they can move on from there. Or if they're just kind of letting it slip a little bit because they're just getting tired of it or whatever, then it's a reminder of, hey, don't forget, you're supposed to be doing something here and you're supposed to be doing it the right way. And it kind of jolts people back in. So if it wasn't for accountability, then as you're moving through life, you could do anything and everything and no one would ever get in trouble. No one, there'd just be chaos that would, would start to happen. So making sure that you're accountable and holding others accountable, but being accountable to other people is very, very important. You know, you got, you got to look at your character and how people view you in your character. So you have to show that you're accountable. You have to show that you're you're going to do what is right in, in whatever situation. And then who are we responsible? Or what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to uphold whatever our job may be, to the rules, the regulations, those types of things. It's our responsibility to hold true to that and to make sure that no matter what's happening, we're pushing in the right direction and we're all moving toward a common goal. So as we continue on, I'm going to say decisions. That's the next next big thing is decisions. I, I have to say that the most important part of decisions, the most important part that I can think of is just make a decision. It is one thing to think about something for a little while, but you don't want to lose momentum. You got to look at it look at it in a sense of if I'm uh, in combat or whatever, you don't want to wait and just, you know, go over and finite, uh, make the plan so perfect that you lose the element of surprise. You want to be able to make a quick decision. Now, obviously a, a good thought out decision, but a good decision very quickly in order to move that way the enemy or whoever it is that on the other side of the table is not going to capitalize on that. And then you're the one capitalizing and you're the one getting the things done. But I tell you, uh, no decision at all or no decision is worse than a bad decision. So what I mean by that is just because it may not be the perfect decision, just because it may not be the perfect plan as you move forward, that doesn't mean that it's that it's worse than no decision or excuse me let me say that again uh if you don't make any decision then that's worse than having a, a making a decision that maybe isn't the best plan in the world at that moment in time because you actually made movement on something and you started moving toward that goal so it points you in the right direction you can always make rudder steers to get you where you need to go to make sure that that plan starts to develop into a better plan as you're moving forward and as you're doing that you're going to make bad decisions you're going to, it's that's one of the things of being a leader you're going to make bad decisions the big thing is it just like we talked about before you got to learn from those mistakes those bad decisions you got to learn from it and it doesn't matter where you are in the food chain it doesn't matter if you're the lowest person or the highest person no matter which way you spin it, you're going to have to make decisions. And in the absence of orders, make the decision. If your boss isn't there and typically he'd be the one to make that decision, but he's not there, 
make a decision and run with it. Just do it. Uh, it's, it's like Nike, right? Just do it. And what happens, happens. And most of the time, that person who is senior is going to appreciate the fact that you made a decision. You did something with it other than sitting and waiting for that person to come back to make a decision when by the time he was able to make the decision, it was too late. So it's important to just go ahead, dive in and make a decision. I, I look at those types of things as a kind of a test for a leader as you're moving on, right? As you're developing as a leader, you start to get more comfortable making decisions. You start to get more comfortable with the possibility of making more mistakes. But the more you do it, the more you make those decisions, the more you put yourself out there, the better off you're going to be because you're going to get comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. I'll say it again. You're going to get comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. And that's perfectly fine. You should be able to get to the point that even though it's uncomfortable, you can maneuver and you can do things in that moment because you have gotten used to the way to operate in an uncomfortable situation. So one of the things that the, the Marine Corps and what really all the services do really well is we have a good sense of principles, ethos, and values. So the, the armed services is probably one of the best places that you can go and learn about principles, ethos, and values. It's, it's those things that keep us honest with ourselves, keeps us honest with those around us, it gives us a, a direction and a way forward where it's ethically the right things to do. And it's all based on the experience that those military services have had over time, right? And being able to put all that together to hone in and make sure that we have the right principles and ethos and the values as we're moving forward. I will say that Every leader has to have their own values to live by, their own principles, their own ethos to live by. And if you don't know your own, you need to sit down and you need to think about it. You need to go and literally pen and paper, sit down and think about what is your principles, what's your ethos, what's your values. What are those things that are going to make you move in the right direction and keep you honest to yourself as you're moving in that direction? And... Everyone has a different outlook, a different way of seeing the things that they're trying to achieve. But like the Marine Corps has an overall values, their, their Marine Corps values uh, or the core values, honor, courage, and commitment, which are fantastic values. But there's many more values, right? You can go to the Bible. Uh, you can look at the Ten Commandments. Those are good uh principles, ethos, values that you can use as you're moving forward in life. But there's there's tons of ways to do that. But you need to sit down and you need to come up with what is the most important things to you as a person, the individual, and does that align with the organization that you are with? If it doesn't align with the organization you're with, maybe you're in the wrong job. Um, or maybe you need to realign your principles, ethos, values to make sure that you're moving in line and in 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 step with the organization that you're with. But you need to write them down. You need to keep them close by so you can remind yourself 
and you can look at it from time to time to make sure that it's good. So the last thing that I want to hit uh, before we end this discussion, my crusty master gunny's uh, insight to leadership here is uh, performance evals and welfare checks. We kind of hit on the welfare check aspect a little bit when we were talking at the very beginning about genuinely caring. Um, but you have to do your performance evals and those welfare checks kind of together. And, and I do something that's uh, called a kneecap to kneecap, right? That's where I sit down faced, facing the other person, chair to chair, kneecap to kneecap, and we have discussions. And we just talk about stuff. One of the things you do is you, you the first 10 minutes, I, I sit down and say, hey, we'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. And then that individual talk could be about football, could be about baseball, it could be about you know home life, it could be anything. Uh, and then you kind of transition to your performance eval aspect, right? And you kind of start walking them through how they've been doing, what their performance is, where they could improve, and you kind of start walking that, that trail with them. And as you're doing that, the more times you do it, the more you genuinely care, the more you get out of your office and go talk to people, the more you're going to have in common, which means the more is going to come up. That person is going to trust you more. They're going to get more feedback and they're going to be more productive because they're getting positive feedback. And it may not be uh, the best feedback that they want. It may be that, hey, you're struggling in this area and you need to fix it. And this is how you need to fix it. But at least they're getting something that where somebody cares about their performance and they're moving forward and they're going to try their hardest to live up to your standards of what it is that you need. They may not like it. Nobody likes being corrected, but that's okay. We're going to move on from that and they're going to appreciate it in the long run. But you have to know your team. You have to know what it is that they think in order to get the best mission capable person out of them. And if you're not taking the time to do those performance evaluations and those welfare checks on your your team, then you're missing a huge piece of the pie. Uh, that kind of goes back to that leader and that manager, right? You don't want to be the manager. The manager is just worried about bottom line. They're worried about making sure that the job gets done, whatever the job is. <laughs> Excuse me. But the leader is the person that is they're looking to inspire someone to want to do better in whatever job it is and it doesn't matter what your job is you can be a leader or you can just be a manager but i can promise you in the long run you're going to get way more out of being a leader than you ever will being a manager and that's kind of this crusty master gunny that's that's my thoughts on it that's that's the way that i see it as we move forward in life and learning what leadership is and all those things. So we'll just do a quick recap of all that. So number one was genuinely caring. We gotta go out there and show them that we genuinely, genuinely care about the individuals. Then we have to know the difference between friends and enemies. Know about the complainer or the turd and how one of, they're one of the best natural born leaders and how to utilize them. We have to show enthusiasm for what we have going on, our entire mission, enthusiasm for the people. Then we have to move to acceptance of failure and learning from our mistakes. Huge part, you have to make sure you're doing that. 
accountability and responsibility, know who we're accountable to, know what we're responsible for, and then decisions, making decisions, making sure that you're doing that. Don't just sit by and wait. Just make a decision and move forward. Then you have in your principles, your ethos, your values, knowing what those are, your personal ones, the ones that are for your organization, and making sure that we're trying to align those two in order to move forward in that organization and be as productive as possible. And then your performance eval and welfare checks. Very, very important in that aspect, making sure that you're having those kneecap to kneecap discussions and making sure that there's open lines of communication between you and your subordinates and making sure that all across the board, they know that you care about them. They know that you're there to take care of them, but you're going to hold them accountable. You're going to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do, all those types of things. So that's what I'd have to say about leadership. And I, that brings us to the end of my uh, leadership philosophies. But before we end, I think it is best that we go ahead and have a little sea story. So there I was. I was a drill instructor. And as a drill instructor, you go through an entire cycle. And a lot of times you get frustrated. And not only with the recruits, but you get frustrated with your peers. Because that's a lot of time you spend away from family, doing things, and it's just a tough go. And for those that have done drill instructor duty, you know what I'm talking about. And it is it is very, very tough. And when it comes to leaders, I think back and I look at different leaders that I've had, especially while I was being a drill instructor. And as I look at them, I know that there are, were some that actually looked out for the, the individual. They actually looked beyond what was happening in the moment and was genuinely caring about the person. So as I was a drill instructor down there, I, I got a little too familiar with a first sergeant. I was a gunny at the time. So much so that we were on a first name basis back and forth and we were kind of almost like buddies. And... You know, I was obviously the junior one in the situation, but we kind of, something happened within uh, my unit where somebody was not where they were supposed to be. So I accidentally reported them uh, as present and they weren't present. So I, once I found out, you know, I went to the first sergeant, told him, hey, look, this is what happened. The individual is not here. And at that point, first sergeant made his way over and um, started, uh, kind of yelling at me a little bit and just basically getting my butt and telling me that I was lying to him. And of course that aggravated me just a little bit. And I started arguing back with him and we were going back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, it kind of into a screaming match. And at some point he's like, well, I'm done. And he takes off and he leaves. And I was like, great. So at this point, I had to drive over to another area. So I went around a company office to let the uh, company gunny know where I was going. As I went in, he was coming out, the company gunny, and we meet. And he's like, oh, my God, man, what's going on? And I was like, oh, yeah, me and the first aren't got into it, you know, but I got to go and da, da, da. He's like, well, the company commander wants to see you right now. And I was like, oh, okay. So I go in to see the company commander, and I get in there, and... It starts, like he calls the first sergeant in and 
and he's kind of heated in the moment and he's kind of getting upset and the first sergeant he's upset and so the first sergeant's telling his side of the story and things like that well i start getting upset because he's basically lying about me and i don't appreciate that so i start saying something back and which i i wouldn't normally do but i did you know i started getting heated in the moment and uh the company commander he looked at the first sergeant looked at me and he told the first sergeant to leave and he's like tell me what's going on like you're not normally like this what happened what is it that actually happened and at that moment that's when i knew that that company commander that individual cared one about the mission cared about discipline cared about all the things that the marine corps says is supposed to take place which i overstepped my bounds right i should not have been so friendly with the first sergeant because he's my senior i shouldn't have done that i should have made sure that in my mind there's always a line but i didn't and i crossed that boundary but he was going to make sure that the discipline in the unit was there but then he looked beyond the discipline aspect of it. He looked beyond what the Marine Corps says is this is how it's supposed to work. And he looked at the individual. He looked at me, knowing my character, knowing how I operated. And he honed in on that. And he showed me right then and there about genuinely caring about the individual. And he, st he stopped. He asked me. He's like, what is going on? I need you to tell me. I need you to be up front with me and be honest because this is not like you. <clears throat> there's something going on and I don't know what it is and so we discussed it and we had a little bit a little bit of a talk but I never did tell him the whole truth like the whole story I just said whatever the first sergeant says that's what happened and it is what it is and then I tried to move on uh, because you know it, I didn't feel right I, I thought it was between me and the first sergeant that's something that we should hash out together which we eventually did it took a hot minute for that to happen but we eventually worked things out uh, but that company commander just the the way he cared about me as an individual. And uh, that is the guy that we're going to have on next week. <coughs> Eddie Utuck, Lieutenant Colonel Retired. And uh, he was a captain at the time. I'll never forget it. And uh, he really showed me about genuinely caring. So with that, I will tell you that this brings us to the conclusion of my leadership thoughts according to this crusty master gunny. And the end of the first week of full episodes, Monday through Friday. I hope that you enjoyed what you heard this week. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to have some other good end good discussions, fireside chats. We're going to have some good fireside chats next week. And we're also going to have Eddie Utuck on, who's going to talk about his Marine Corps experience and his uh, what happened to him throughout his career. So I'm very excited about that. You guys are helping me in pushing this and helping get veteran stories out there. I think it's very important. That is a lost art, the lost art of getting our stories from our veterans. And we need to make sure that we're holding true and pushing those stories, letting people know what's going on with our veterans and letting them tell their side of the story. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in. Stay motivated. Change your socks. <laughs>